Welcome to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Your host, Jesse Jameson, has a real treat for you. You are about to hear a great story. And if Jesse brings his A game, some good commentary too. And later on, we'll let you know how you can join Jesse as a guest. Now, without further ado, here's Jesse. Welcome back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Today's show is unique because I enjoyed last week's show so much with my buddy Todd that I begged him to come back on to share another story. And I'm going to have him on in the future again. I don't know about next week, but definitely in the near future again because he's got so many good stories that I can't wait to share with everybody. So today's story is Todd from Villanova. And the title of today's story is The Best Marketing Plan Ever. Now, Todd, this might not sound like a good title for a story, but in this case, because I already know a little bit about it, it is. I don't want to let anything slip. So the floor is yours. And welcome back. Thank you for coming. It, thank you so much for having me. It, uh, I mean, you got to start with, uh, I, I have a lot of businesses that I'm involved in, but my passion really is fitness. And I opened a boutique personal training place 25 years ago. And, you know, we're not the first uh, personal training place in the world. We were the first, one of the first boot camps, but we weren't the first personal training. I had to have a differentiator. And the name Platoon came out of the, the idea that everyone will work together. So it sounds military. Uh, you know, our, our philosophy is structure, discipline, accountability, and sacrifice. And we have all that going for us. But I needed something that would convey that meaning in an in a instant. You know what I'm saying? A logo would do that. Um, or maybe a saying would do that. But in my mind, nothing conveyed it more, said what I wanted to say, more than a Hummer. The old Hummer, not the new Hummer. That the big bulky one, one, not the little H3 wimpy one. Where, where we have one. to send a letter when you're sitting in the pastor seat, I have to send you a letter in order to talk to you because it's so far away, there's no way. And it has self-entire inflation and deflation. And, um, you know, it's an amazing vehicle. It's also super expensive to keep going. Yeah, Todd, I was going to say, aren't those the ones that literally it takes like probably a hundred bucks to fill the tank and the tank will go out on you in a couple of days? Like, don't they just guzzle gas? Even, well, the, I mean, part of the problem is, yes, it runs on gas and it gets like less than six miles a gallon. But that isn't the real problem. The real problem is, as you find out, driving, it's an amazing vehicle, first of all, uh, and a very well-built vehicle. However, in the Army, where it is used in the armed forces, they have teams of mechanics flying around everywhere they are and they know exactly what to do and have every part in the world and cost doesn't matter at all. It's all about protection and it's all about something that's sturdy and can go over anything and a really robust vehicle. It's not meant to be driven around Villanova or driven around Arizona to pick up groceries. You know what I mean? It's too wide for a parking space in a lot of cases and it's very hard to maneuver and, and like back into something and, you know what I mean? And if you hit something, the thing is made out of metal all over the bumpers. Everything is metal. So if you hit anything, you're going to do a lot of damage. Even metal like it, like mean, hardcore steel, right? Like real steel. There's yeah. no plastic at all. It's In the inside, there's some plastic. But the bottom line is the outside is a tank. It's so Todd, be, Todd, be honest, because you're obviously married, right? Um, you can't pick up groceries in this thing because, you know, it doesn't really make economical sense to be taking it around to buy groceries, but, no but, but you can pick up chicks in this thing. Am I right? 
You know, what I found is that people, men liked it more than women, honestly. Uh, you know, it just wasn't guys uh, anywhere you drove that. There were so few of them when we had it. This is talking about like 1998. Um, there are so few of them that it was, you know, eyeballs were on it everywhere we drove. And people would stare as you drove by and little kids would like scream and point as you drive by. It's one of those situations. It was like the early Tesla would be now or you know, something that's really an odd looking vehicle, maybe a Cybertruck, Tesla Cybertruck, if you had one of those would get a similar response, but so few of them were around, they were only used in war. You have the idea. So I yeah. put the name of my company, Platoon, on the side of the vehicle in huge letters. I'm not talking about tiny little letters, like let's say 16 font. These were like 100 font. And it was a huge, uh, in uh, what they call a uh, cop, it was the name of the, the font I use, but it's like, it looks like it has little, almost like rips and tears and bullet holes and stuff in it. And it's ripped up a little bit and it's a military look. And it said platoon all the down. It was a four door vehicle, four door. Hummer. What color, what it, color it was the paint job? That's super important. Cause I looked at a lot of colors and they come in olive drab. Obviously they come in a bunch, but I wanted white. So I had it painted white. I had it painted white, flat white as a matter of fact, because I wanted it to stand out as much. I didn't want yellow, it wouldn't convey what I wanted, but white was the perfect thing for me. And if you remember, police cars are back in the day, they're, they're generally black and white. In fact, they were called black and whites for a while because they stood out. The different parts of the car were black and white in a police vehicle. And I kind of, when I ride down the road and I saw a police car, it would scare me. I wanted to slow down. I wanted to be careful. I wanted to watch what I was doing. I checked my speed immediately. Everyone slows down. Did people do slow down when, when you would be behind them? Would they get with some Not people? Not with this vehicle because it, it instantly you knew what it was. You knew it wasn't a police car. You thought it was an army vehicle, right? You thought it was some sort of a military vehicle. And the platoon name, because it begins with a P and police begins with a, a P, it connotated a little bit, but I didn't get that till later. What I had in the beginning was an H1 white and I had pictures of it at the top of the Philadelphia Art Museum steps with platoon banners hanging from it that I can give you. It's really cool. And I would drive this thing around and people would be like calling me all the time. Hey, tell me about platoon. I want a personal train. I hear you guys are great. How does it work? What's the boot camp like? And if you ask them, we did key entry. How did you find out about us? It was they saw the Hummer. Hey, the, so, the, the the steps in the Philadelphia Center that you said, are those the same steps that Rocky, Rocky made famous? Yes. yes. Okay. They used to have his statue at the top of the Philadelphia Art Museum, and the Philadelphia Art Museum Commission said, you cannot have that statue. It is not art. We do not want it. Get it out of here. And they had to bring it all the way down the steps, and they put it to the left, as you're walking down the steps, to the left of the steps where it is today, often like a bush area. And if you go there this afternoon, it's probably 41 degrees out because we're just starting to get to the better weather. There'll be a line of people to take pictures of that Rocky statue. Well, I was just going to say, I, I would have to disagree with them. If I went there, I would love to see that up there by the art museum. And, and I actually do consider that a piece of Americana, if not art. Then you are officially not a fuddy-duddy. Okay, good. Because so, isn't, isn't a fuddy-duddy a bad thing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm not trying not to judge, but I will tell you that I learned a lesson with this Hummer very early on, which is you needed a team of mechanics. The uh, 
oil change was like $600. Why? That sounds nuts. Oh my God. You had to take everything. What the mechanics told me was you have to take everything out of it, put it on a rack, which is hard enough, take everything off it to get to the oil and then take the oil out and then put everything back in. And it took an enormous, like 10 quarts or eight quarts or whatever, an enormous amount of oil to fill it back up. Now, how do you validate this? Do you validate it because of the fact that in addition to being a vehicle, it is a, a moving billboard or advertisement for your, for your business? That's a great way to put it. So I'm driving it around and I'm getting all this great feedback and I'm like, I'm a genius, right? But I wasn't a genius until I figured out within a number of months and I paying the gas bill, you know, and it's killing me that I didn't have to drive it around. I wasn't an idiot. I could park at places like at farmer's markets, I could park it at car washes, I could park it at high uh, traffic intersections and leave it there and get the same or more amount of uh, traction with the billboard, as you put it. And then as you say, as you drive down the highway in Arizona, I'm sure they have billboards, right? They're expensive back in the day. They probably aren't today. I don't know what they are today, but they were expensive back then. So what I would do is I'd drive my Hummer on the highway, which is the big highway here, 76, and I drive it to the shoulder. And I remember it has an automatic tire inflation, deflation. I would flatten one tire and leave it there for a week. They can't tow it. It's too big to tow. So the police would put a marker on it. They'd say, what's going on with your car? Oh, I'm fixing the tire. Todd, that, Todd that sounds like BS. I'm going to have to put my BS gear up. You did not leave it abandoned on the side of the freeway. 100% often and frequent. <laughs> In fact, at the Gladwin exit of 76, which is a one-way exit, it only goes one way, that was my favorite where I got the most hits. I would pull it where in between the exit and the highway, there was that big area where it's white and striped. I would pull it all the way up and I'd flatten that front left tire. And I just, the windows were tinted. It was a stone white Hummer, windows are tinted, says platoon all over it. And it has a whole rack on top with platoon as well. Todd, you are a genius. I swear when you're not finding ways into Migas or into Disney World or, or this, that, and the other, you are, there is something, your IQ is off the charts. You are the smartest man I've ever no talked IQ. to. That's the other. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this though. I feel, I feel like cops are relatively smart. So the cops or the highway patrol go over there. They realize that you're gone and that the vehicle's flat, right? They can't tow it. But, but couldn't they easily solve that just by bringing an air compressor and filling up the tire and saying, you better get your butt down here? If they gave a shit, absolutely. <laughs> but they could care absolutely. What they do is they have to stop and check. So they stop, they make sure no one's there physically, no one's in danger, and it's not in the way of traffic, it's not causing me problems, and then they call the number on it. I have my number on the driver's side, right on the window, I put a little thing with my phone number, but the number for the business was all over the vehicle well, so they'd call either one, and I'd say, it's a great day at Platoon. Oh, yeah, I know, we're getting, there's a new tire coming in, I apologize, I'm going to get out there, we're going to change it and get it, it'll be out of there the next day, but that would take a few days to get there, you, you know what I mean? Okay, so check this out. On my promo for my show, I let people know that we have some of the best storytellers and occasionally we're going to get a tall tale. Is there a chance that Todd could be Hebrew for tall tale teller? 
<laughs> is there a chance that you've been guess, getting one over on me and that these are all just figments of your world-class imagination? You, you can, you can bonify what I'm about to bring this story. This, that isn't even the story. I'm just bringing you to the story so that you understand the idea behind it, but you can check this out there. The re what I'm going to tell you in the rest of the story is totally verifiable in the newspaper. And I have clippings of the Hummer and things like that, that you can see that it actually existed and we drove it. We were well known for it. It was a marketing, uh, really, really smart marketing thing for us. Very smart. And I, probably, and I apologize for interrupting your stories, but almost every story you tell me just makes me think genius. <laughs> well, we should probably actually get to this story. That was the setup, right? That's why, now, so now you get the idea. I'm driving a Hummer and I'm stupid. You know, if, if Jesse were driving the Hummer and I saw him doing it, I probably would have said at some point, hey, Jesse, don't spend $800 in gas, just park it. And if you're really smart, park it and put one of the tires down. And then when you get in, you just recompress the tire and leave, right? So when I parked at the farmer's market, I learned I should put a tire down, the back tire, the whatever, because more people look at something with a, that's broken down than they do that's not broken down. And I measured it. I knew the numbers. Anyway, eventually, this took five years, six years to figure out. People, I got rid of the Hummer. It was in an accident. Um, I was parked on a, on a main street and a kid slammed into the back of it and broke the axle. He was going really fast. He was in a Mercedes, his dad's brand new top line Mercedes. And it was not worth, you fix it, but it was not really, it would never drive the same. So I got rid of it and it just was not, I got another Hummer and it's a longer story, but I'm going to cut it down to, um, I realized that I was still getting calls for your Hummer. How did you hear about us? I saw your Hummer. We hadn't had a Hummer in two years and they were still saying they saw the Hummer. So I got, I figured out that no matter what car I lettered, it got the same reaction as a Hummer just about. It was not de minimis. It didn't uh, go down significantly if I had a Toyota with platoon on it as opposed to a Hummer. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a Jeep. A Jeep looks just like a Hummer. Do you agree? I mean, it's yeah, pretty kind of. I, I was actually going to say a Hummer kind of looks, especially the old H1s, they kind of look like Jeeps on steroids, kind of. So, so you ended up you ended up trading the Hummer for a Jeep. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but I didn't just get a Jeep. I got a Jeep. Well, first of all, Jeeps inside are beautiful. They have radios, they have heating, they have air conditioning, they have nice seats. Compared to the H1 that I had, it was like a luxury vehicle on the inside, which was a real plus. But I couldn't just get a, a Jeep. So the guys that worked for me at the time, one of them was a mechanic, in a, like an amateur mechanic. He had a lift, a car lift, in his garage at his home. He knew every part for cars and the statistics. You know, some guys know baseball, and they know all the players. He, he was like that with cars. And I had another guy who was like a design genius. Like he could figure out how to design a gym in his sleep, right? So we got, I picked out which uh, Jeep I wanted. And I put it up on the screen. And I said, if you were designing this Jeep and you wanted it to look like a really cool Jeep, besides lifting it, obviously, and some of the stuff like that, what else would you do with it? And they told me and gave me ideas on what I would do with the Jeep to make it look crazy. And that's exactly what I did. I put big tires on it. I you know, took the side wheels off. I took the, the side thing that you used to, to get into it off so it looked taller. 
I took the back tire out of it. I tinted the windows black. I also did some modifications to the engine. I did some modifications to the exhaust system. So it sounded like, you know, a, a tank was coming down the street and really made it look crazy. And then I put that huge platoon on it, right? That huge, and it's at an angle, it's not flat. I put it at a, at a little angle. So I had platoon on the side, the logo on the front, platoon on the other side and platoon on the back and you get the idea, right? right. So the name of the company is all over and it's, it, it has my phone number as well. So you can see it clearly says what it is. You got the idea. This is a beautiful car. I'll send you a picture. I love this car. It's a wonderful car. And but I it was manly looking. It's not like, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Dukes of Hazard back in the day, but Daisy Duke, oh, yeah. Daisy Duke had a cute little Jeep. Is that a car? She had a Jeep. A lot of people forget that, but it, but it was really feminine, just like Daisy Duke was, right? But they yours, your, your, they have a charger. You're describing, yeah, I believe it was a charger. Beautiful car. I love that car, but now, no, no, it, now it that car. It was a Challenger. Cha it, it was a. It might have been a. I thought it was a Charger, but it might have been a Challenger. You're right. But either way, really tough muscle car. But she had herself a little Jeep on the show, and they very rarely showed it except for on the little promo leading into the show because it's not like daisy was a major character but todd whatever you're going to get into with with the story keep it on hold we're going to take a quick break for the folks listening at home todd and i have something kind of in common he got his first hummer in 1998 i got my first hummer in 1994 from a girl named angie <laughs> we'll be back in a minute was she wearing daisy dukes <laughs> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you tired of feeling disconnected and shut down? Since every choice has ripple effects, lasting happiness is a product of the choices we make each day. Tune in to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmsted introduced you to authors, musicians, artists, and innovators, all actively engaged in designing a world that works for everyone. Make sure you're along for the ride, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. When it comes to financial planning, most of us would probably rather have a root canal. Math, budgets, keeping ourselves and our loved ones secure after retirement, planning for retirement, risk, reward, and the like. How do you find the answers you need? Tune into Fiscal Fitness with John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina. They'll help you feel more secure in your investments and your future. Listen every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Would you like to host your own radio show? 
Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand Internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Thanks for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. We're back. All right, so you, you no longer have the Hummer. You now have this Jeep. It's a little bit different, but at the same time, you have kind of juiced it up. You've given some some big oversized tires and I assume some really nice shiny rims because back in the day everybody cared about the rims that were on these vehicles right so you actually sound kind of like you had a little bit of a love for this vehicle because you're describing the inside as kind of plush and nice I'm going to throw the story back to you Todd you know I wouldn't say have I'd say, I wouldn't say had I'd say have I mean the jeep changed a lot of what I did because no longer did I have to not drive it it gave me fuel economy comparatively right? The Jeep that I had, which was like 20 miles, 18 miles a gallon, whereas the other one was, and remember, I'm picking my kids up at school. I still have stuff to do like a normal human and driving the Hummer around was a pain. But is this the Cherokee with the little roll ball bar at the top or is this the grand, like a grand Cherokee? Technically, just so you understand what it is, it was a Jeep Wrangler Sahara. Okay. Now, I could have gotten the, the other brand. There's a lot of brands of uh, Unlimited and all that stuff. This is the four-door Jeep that you see that looks like it's going up a mountain. And sometimes they have like uh, gas tanks on the back of it and things like that. And it was jacked up a little bit. I had a, a lift kit on it and it had huge tires on it. And it also had a, uh, the, the uh, what did you call them? The rims were like these special rims that are, but made for like uh, when you want to take it off-roading and they look very tough. You know what I mean? They're very, yeah. they're black and they, the whole thing was black and the, the rims were black. I'll send you a picture. It's, it, it'll give you a better idea, but it was a beautiful car. Again, tinted windows uh, and, you know, just that beautiful white lettering of platoon and the phone number and the website all over the front back and then the logo on the, the, the hood. So right. even though it's not the Hummer, it was still an eye-catching beauty. It was so right? much better than the Hummer. And remember, it didn't matter if it was a Hummer. I figured that out even to this day. Well, not, not so much anymore, but until very recently, if you ask people, where did you, I ask them three times, there's three points of touch that I get them for key entry. How did you hear about us? Google ads, friends. Number one is referral. 98% of the people that come to us are referral but I work that small percentage and you'll find that people will still say, I saw one of your cars because my guys, I pay them to letter up their car and put platoon on it 
just like mine. They don't care. They t- I tint the windows. I put platoon on it. And it gets the same viz as a Hummer. Um, so this car was a love. You're right. You know, I never thought of it until you said that. And it was a beautiful car on the inside and outside. So here we are. I'm driving around. I'm making a difference. My business is going well. Everything's going well. Well, you know, I live in a, in a very nice area called Villanova. And in this area, it's one of the wealthiest areas in the country. Um, there's a lot of uh, specialty cars, Range Rovers, Austin Martins, uh, you know, Lamborghinis, of course, Teslas, and Range Rovers. Hey, do you, well, know, do you know Howie Long? Oh, it sounds super familiar. He, he played football at Villanova. I assume, or, I assume Villanova's by the University of Villanova, right? Yeah, the, the college? I'm, I'm in Villanova. So Villanova University is like two, two, 1.2 miles from my house. Very cool. You could easily walk there in 20 minutes then. Yeah, He's very cool. Well, there's no sidewalks on our street to get there. It's another story for another day. But um, So or in our area, what was happening over the last, you know, this was some time ago, but for the, a few years is every summer, at the end of the summer, there would be a litany of Range Rovers stolen. And if it was a town and country or it was a autograph or different kinds of Range Rovers, that Range Rover, if you had one, for sure it was going to be stolen. No matter where it was, no matter what you did, they were going to steal your Range Rover. And what we found out later was that the uh, gangs, gangs and organized crime had infiltrated things like landscapers and people that would normally be walking around your yard, blowing leaves and cleaning up and cutting grass. And they'd spot a Range Rover that they were taught to spot. And they'd find a guy and the guy would come in and go into your outer garage, which a lot of places have or in the driveway, if that's where you left it. And they'd have the VIN and they'd have everything that they needed for your car. And they had a map of all the Range Rovers that they wanted. And at the end of the summer, they'd take, they'd go into a part of Philly where it's not really great. And they'd say, um, Jesse, I'm going to give you $5,000 if you will drive a car from Villanova to this address I'm going to give you in Philly. That's your job. Okay, hold on, Todd. So I love your genius because you use your genius in a good way for, for the overall good. Yep. But there are some bad guys out there that are just yeah. as genius and they use their genius to do bad stuff. It sounds like you're describing a, a genius that's really genius, but on a bad level, right? They're yeah. getting people yep. that are basically doing your yard work to basically serve as their eyes and ears, right? Looking for They're potential doing intel. victims. I mean, they cut keys for some of these cars. I don't know how exactly worked. The police chief was a good friend of mine and he was telling me in detail some of the stuff that they were doing. I learned some of this by researching it, but they would cut keys for some of these cars. In some case, they would have a key for your car and there was no braking and the wire hanger in the thing it was none of that bullshit. They weren't like looking out and driving down the street, saw your car and said, oh, I want that. They knew your car and been waiting for months to take that car. They had a map of all the cars. They had it all planned out. And then they drive into Philly, pick a, a van up of these fellas to, to drive the car. And, and $5,000, I'm just guesstimating. Maybe it was 2000 but it was more than you would make in a long time in that part of the city. They drop you off, say, here's the key or whatever you had to get in there. And you would get into the car and drive it to Philly, get out. They give you the money, I assume, give you the, or kill you, give you the money and you leave. That's it. You're out of the job. Now, the next level is they would take the car and put it on a ship, on a container, 
and it go overseas. And oh wait, Carl, you, hold hold on, Todd. I I I was listening to your story, but I wasn't absorbing it until right now. It just hit me in the face. So what? we're talking. These people didn't have to use a slim gym. They didn't have to break a window. No, no, they no, had no. the dang key were, made. These are not car thieves. They had these the key. Guys, you're just some schmuck. They gave two thousand dollars and a key or some entryway. They had some electronic thing as well, and they put it on the side of the car, and it opens your door. There's no breaking and entering. They got in your car in a minute when wow. they were driving off the road. And it so was in a weird to- in a weird way, let's say that, let's say they offered me this deal. There's yeah. a chance that I might not even add two and two together and know that I'm stealing a car, right? No, 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 no. At, at you know, at two in the morning, you're driving oh, okay. around a very rich neighborhood in a van full of other guys <laughs> that are getting a couple grand for 20 minutes work. Right. So I think it's possible that you would probably put two and two together. This was not legit. They generally did it from what I understand from like two in the morning till four in the morning, or as soon as it got a little bit of light, they were done. And they did it over a couple of weeks. It wasn't done in one night. It was done over a couple of weeks and the police were baffled. They had no idea how to deal with this. So these Range Rovers would just get fleets of them would get stolen 10 or 12, you know what I mean? Easily a, a night. Well, um, it happened that one of these fellas was not far from my house. He got dropped off. They had a beautiful Range Rover there. And it was like later than they normally do, 4.30 in the morning, let's say five in the morning. And the guy's wife or the guy himself was in his kitchen looking out at his driveway and he saw his car start up. Right. Okay. And his wife said, Oh my God, why is your car started? It looks like someone's in your car. The husband had his robe on or whatever his PJs wasn't even going to work ran out and jumped in the car in the passenger side and where and is the, and where is the crook in the driver's side the crook in the driver's side he said to him and this is I, you can see this in newspaper reports he said to the guy look if you steal the car it's grand theft auto you'll get you know six months or whatever you get but if you drive this car with me in it it's kidnapping and that's a whole different ball game for you you're going to be spending your life in jail Stop right there. Okay, so I stopped our last show, right, to tell people that this is where it gets good. This is where it gets good for me. This guy jumps in a car, which, by the way, kids and people at home, don't do this. You see somebody stealing your car, just assume they have a gun and just call the authorities and try to get a picture if you can, right? Who cares? Yeah, it's just a car. You're insured for a reason, right? And, And this guy has a Range Rover, so I'm assuming he's not broke, right? But he goes out there and his genius, I don't know what it is with people that live in the Villanova area. They are smarter than the people that live where I live, right? So all of a sudden he's out there and he tells the guy, look, you take off with this. You're going to get Grand Theft Auto. And at worst, you're going to get five, six months in jail. Probably not even prison, probably in jail, right? And if you take me with you, you're going to potentially get 20 to 30 years in the book thrown at you. And what does the guy say? Tell me the guy gives him a backhand and kicks him out of the car. No, he jumps out. He, he says, jumps out. This. He jumps out. He says, fuck this. I don't, you know, he, <laughs> remember, remember, Jesse, I gave you two grand. I Actually, I haven't even given you two grand. There's the promise of two grand. You don't even know if I'm going to pay you. And I picked you up maybe 25, 30 minutes ago. You never met me in your life. You were in a van full of guys you never met in your life, right? And I dropped you off at some random address, you know, in the suburbs. What do you care? You know, you'll go home and this thing's over and nobody knows where you live and it's over for you. If you go with him, you have everything to lose and nothing to gain. Only two grand if you're lucky and you actually get paid and not killed, right? 
So the guy jumps out of the car. And I think the guy whose ranger was was actually a personal injury attorney. So he was a, I'm not sure, but I think he was a, a either a personal injury attorney or another type of attorney. So he knew the law and he spoke with authority. You know what I mean? And for him, good for him. He kept his head and all that. But I'm with you. Give him the Range Rover. I know I would never have walked out there. I think it was extremely foolish. You could have shot him on the spot walking out for what? For a car? Come on. Yeah, so, I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't care if you're a lawyer. If I, Jesse Jameson, jump into your Range Rover, give me the car. <laughs> I would have said, take it. It's all yours. Take it. I'll get another one in two weeks. You know what I mean? That's what insurance is for. Right. Range Rovers are the shit anyway. So <laughs> I, they really are. I mean, they're they're complete crap. Look look at the, <laughs> the Consumer Reports, and it's the lowest ranked car for dependability, I think, in the country. So we just, we, hey, you, ju you just cost me a sponsorship with Range Rover. Oh, Thanks a There's lot, a, Todd. I, meant, I didn't mean Range Rover. I meant Pinto. Range Rover is a great car. <laughs> so the guy jumps out. He runs across the street. He's on a major intersection around here. There's not. There's a you know two-lane road. He runs across two-lane road back into the woods. He just wants to get away from the guy, and the guy's not chasing him. He's just looking for a way to get the hell home, and there's no bus stops and there's no train stations, and there's no <laughs> taxis, you know what I mean? So he's looking around for some way to grab a vehicle and get out of there. And my neighbor across the street had his car out as well, and he and my car, my Jeep, the one I'm telling you about, it was so high that it was kind of difficult to get in the garage anyway, so I just left it outside a lot. And it happened to be in my driveway instead of parked somewhere advertising. He tried my neighbor's car, and I guess it was locked. He couldn't get in, whatever the problem was. When he tried mine, now, Jesse, I have to admit, I'm sorry about this, but I leave my keys in my car. So the keys were in my car. It was a no-brainer, right? The car's open. The keys are in it. The guy jumps in, starts it up right away, and he's out of the driveway probably in a minute. Todd, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute myself so you can't hear me, and I'm only going to talk to my audience real quick. To the audience, earlier I said that Todd was a genius, but now that he can't hear me and only you can, what an idiot. You leave your keys in the car? All right, I'm going to hit unmute so Todd can hear me. Todd, we're back. So so let Who's me ask you this. Who's a car with the platoon all over it? It's, looked, it's <laughs> meant to be recognized. Would Todd, you steal a taxi? Todd, what are, you, like what, are you thinking leaving, what are you thinking leaving your keys in there? I mean, this is, I'm going to take, I'm gonna have to take away your genius card now. Would you, steal, would you steal a police card? No, because it's marked everywhere. It's got lights on it. It looks so different than every other car. It's easily recognized anywhere. This is that car. You would never steal this. It's not a blend. It's the opposite of a blend car. It's completely recognizable anywhere you go. You would know, hey, there's a Jeep with platoon on it. If you see it, call the police. You're caught instantly, right? right. So the guy steals the car. I don't realize it. I'm asleep. Guy steals the car and it's gone, right? I walked out into my driveway and I was like, what? I thought I drove my car home. Maybe I parked it somewhere. And I was like, oh, God. And hey, I looked Todd, inside. And Todd, did the, did the expression or the words, you got to be effing kidding me, come, to, come into your brain when you realize that you didn't? <laughs> I was like, first thing I thought of is I'm not telling my wife I had my keys in my car. And I'm not telling the insurance company and my keys are in my car. And I'm not telling anyone the keys because I'm an idiot. Why do I leave my keys in my car? This was bound to happen. You know what I mean? And first of all, maybe somebody is joking. Maybe they're playing a joke on me. All that went through. But I, you feel it, and I knew it. I knew it had been stolen. As soon as I kind of got it through my head, 
that it was not there. I knew it had been stolen. I just felt it. So I call the police. Police come out. They're like, okay, Wait, hold tell on. us what happened. Hold on. You didn't just feel nothing. You knew it. <laughs> I know. I know. You know. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm an idiot. I lift my keys in my car. Somebody was probably casing my car and, you know, maybe even a competitor. And they took my car. Now who knows what will happen, right? So police come out. They take a report. Hey, were the keys in? I said, yes, keys were in it. You know, I had the cop to it. And they said, okay, we're going to, you know, search for it. But nine times out of, I knew the police chief really well. He's like, you know, nine times out of 10, you're never going to see this car again. This wasn't a joyride situation. These cars sell for a lot of money overseas and in Africa and other countries. They sell these cars for a lot of money quickly. They put them on a container ship 24 hours, 48 hours later, they're in another country and they're sold like that. King Drug kingpins, they love these cars, jacked up Jeeps and stuff like that. So I said, all right, well, call my insurance company, you know, got arrangements for a rental car. And, you know, I'm like kind of pissed that this had happened. And the cop's like, look, if you, you know, it's a pretty easily spotted car. If you know anyone, one of your guys sees it, one of your clients sees it, tell us. And I said, oh, you bet your ass I will. So I got on Facebook and Instagram and I got on every social media I could. And I mass emailed my people through my constant contact list. And I have an eight. The 8,500 person list. Oh, must be nice. I wish I had an 8,500 person list. I don't even have friends. Uh, so, so last time you and I did a show together, I all of a sudden brought up Clark Griswold and um, National Lampoons. Oh, yeah. And, and we, you and I are so in tuned that that ended up being part of the story. Now I'm going to pause you because we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to run down to Wendy's and get myself some quick lunch real quick. Um, so I just want to know, is there a chance that Wendy's has anything to do with this okay, last so segment? I, I can see that they're one of your sponsors, so I'll weave that into it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be right back. Hold on a minute, everybody. This is going to get real good for the last segment. Be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you ever been interested in technology or the application? Technology is always changing, and there is definitely a place for you in it. Listen for Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. Sharon and her guests teach you the skill set and present resources that help you incorporate and enhance technological know-how in your current career, as well as prepare you for future success. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. 
If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Thanks for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. All right, so Todd, we're thinking about yanking your genius card, but you still are a complete genius when it comes to telling a good damn good story you're telling me that there's nothing tall about this story at all it's uh it's a a great story so this guy takes your jeep doesn't even have to bust a window because you leave the keys for him like an unwrapped christmas gift the floor is yours please continue i mean the, the stories that i tell are so good that they don't have to be made up that's why they think life is so strange on its own you couldn't make it up you know what i mean i agree so they so this guy steals this car. Now, I, I do want to mention, you know, that I think you and I are on the same page with this. Giving this guy the benefit of that, he made a poor decision. He took some, you know, supposedly he was going to get some money for driving a car 20 minutes. I don't know, you know, if you're in a position, maybe that's what you have to do. And then he, when he got to my car, he had tried another car. He gets to my car. It's dark out. So he probably didn't look the car over, check the, you know, the tire pressure. He probably jumped in the car, found the keys and drove. He, didn't, he probably didn't even notice it was lettered on the outside or that it was very noticeable. I'm sure he saw it was jacked up, but who cares? So he probably figured, hey, it's a car, it has keys. He didn't inspect the outside. He may not have known it was lettered. Very significant, huge letters all over it. He probably missed the whole thing. So the car's gone. I reported it. The guy tells me, look, if you see it or you know someone that sees it, tell me. The police tell me that you know, tell us and we'll, we'll trace the lead. So I put it everywhere on social media. I sent a mass email out. I said, look, the platoon Jeep, everybody knew it. The platoon vehicle, the platoon Jeep was stolen and I need your guys help. I'm offering six months free of personal training for everyone in your family, for any, any qualified leads that lead to the return of this Jeep. So if you see it, call. Yeah, so this is really smart of you because you're offering six weeks, right? Or six months. Six months or six weeks? It's a lot of money. Six months. Six months, right? Meanwhile, an hour, 60 a half hour. At that time, it was, I think, 85 and 55. Meanwhile, Bally Total Fitness is only offering two free weeks. You're, you're a genius, right? So you've yeah, got all these people easy. trying to get six months free with you. Yep. And, and so you said before the break that you had 8,500 people on your like mail list. So the reality okay. is, so the reality is just by mentioning this and hopefully they're friends that'll kind of spread the word. Hey, there's a platoon. Oh yeah. Well, keep shared, an eye out. I, I 34,000. I mean, I got an average post would get like maybe a 200 or 150 likes or sh- and a couple shares. 
this one got like some 30,000. I mean, you can look it up on uh, Instagram or Facebook probably pretty easily. But as I recall, it got many, many more times shares and people would send it to their friends and say, hey, this guy got his Jeep sold. And if you see it, it's pretty easily recognized. Call them. And here's the number to platoon, 888-PLATOON. Todd, you know, you're having me think that maybe in the future, if I ever get a really nice car, not only will I have full insurance on it just in case, but it might be smart, especially if you have a business, to go ahead and customize it so that it is distinct, distinctive, you know? Well, think if OJ had a logo, like of your show, the Jesse Jamison show. What if you had the Jesse Jamison show all over that white Bronco and for hours they're following it on every national television show and they're like, it's the Jeff, Jesse Jameson Jeep. I know it's a negative connotation that he's running from the law and it killed his wife or whatever the problem was, but you're still getting a ton of unreplicatable and unmeasurable uh, marketing. And that's what I was getting. And Jesse Jameson is such a kick-ass name. You know, it's like one of the coolest names ever. I, I, it is a cool name. Very memorable. If, if, if one of my listeners at home would like to put Jesse Jameson and friends on their, on their car, I'm not going to give you six months of anything, but I will give you a big thank you and let you be on the show. Todd, Todd, can, can we put it, can we put it on, can we put Jesse Jameson and friends somewhere in platoon fitness? You think maybe on a, (laughs) absolutely. So did they end up finding, did they find the Jeep? Of course they found it. So here's what happened. Within a, a few days they had found it, but by then I had had probably what would be equal to a million dollars worth of free publicity. It was in our local paper. It was in, uh, everybody was commenting on it and talking. I saw it, I saw it in here. I thought I saw it there. You know, someone was driving it. Cause remember there were other cars that had platoon written on them besides my Jeep. So every time they saw a car, they were, oh, there it is, right? All they got was the name Platoon. So I got a lot of buzz and a lot of marketing out of that. An untold amount, really some of the best marketing I've ever had in my life. So the police call me and they said, Todd, we think we found it. We're not sure. We're going to know shortly. This is it. we got to check the VIN and we got to have a patrol car and all this stuff. But we think we got it. And I was like, damn, I wish it would have stayed stolen. I, first of all, I was driving a beautiful car. And second of all, the marketing was untouched by anything I'd ever done. You know what and would I, have been hilarious? If I'm they, also if, figuring he wrecked it. It would, have been, it would have been hilarious if they would have pulled over one of your um, employees because you said your employees had these wraps around their car, yeah. right? And all of a yeah. sudden they're beating up your employees. <laughs> Good luck with that. A lot of those guys are military. A lot of those guys are, these are some tough instructors. Right. They, uh, so, you know, they found it and it was in, uh, you know, a part of Philly and they picked it up and I, they tow it. They don't drive it. They towed it to the local police station in my Radnor Township. And they said, Todd, we got it. It doesn't appear to be damaged. We're going to have to go over it. We're going to, we're going to dust it for prints. So we're also going to detail it. You got a full detail out of this deal as well. But the guy, it looks like he drove it directly from your house. Um, to apparently to wherever he left it. We'll know more soon. They called me back within an hour or two, within a very short time that day. And they said, um, you can come down. Your car's been detailed. So I went down to the police station. I started talking to the police chief. And he said, Todd, you're not going to believe this. The guy stole your car out of your lot. This is like five in the morning or whatever it was. He drove it to the nearest Wendy's restaurant. Went through drive through Now, there's video. Anyone would know that in drive through Ordered breakfast as well as like a soda, ate it in the car 
went through drive through ate it in the car, and left the wrapper, the receipt, and his DNA and fingerprints in the bag and on the drink and on all the napkins right in the wheel well of the passenger side. Amazing. Amazing. Now, listen, I know, I, know, I noticed you said the expression in drive through and when I listen to people like in the United Kingdom or, or England or whatever you right. want to call it, they'll call it in hospital, whereas here in the States, we call it in the hospital or, you know, here in, yeah. in, in the States, we yeah. call it the drive through You call it in drive through Am, am yeah. I am I saying it improperly? Should should I be saying in drive through rather than the drive through? I think you're right. I think it's probably the drive through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. I'm not a speech major, but I'll tell you, it was shocking to me that he would take a stolen vehicle and stop on his way home to get a bite to eat where you know there's going to be cameras, first of all. And second of all, wouldn't you be running? If I got in that car and I was lucky enough to have a car with uh, that, that had keys in it, I would have slowly driven at the speed limit home, parked it far, probably far away from my house and left it and been never seen it again and didn't want anything. I would have wiped it down and been done with it. This guy went to breakfast. Todd, I I have to assume that this guy had ice water in his veins because I would be shitting a brick from the one guy that jumped in the car with me telling me that I'm going to get kidnapping charges. Can you imagine? Right. But in a weird way, he gets lucky because that guy could have had a gun and just shot him. Right. But he gets gets out of the car. He goes across the street and down the street a little while, while. He tries getting another car, but it's locked. He sees your vehicle. He gets in, you know, crazily keys. enough, you left the keys for him, right? I, I, he, he must have had ice water in his veins. And then, and then I would have lost my appetite. He's thinking, I'm going to go get a quarter I'm pounder from, party. yeah, I'm going to get Dave single from Wendy's. Yeah. You know? I really feel like breakfast on my way home in this stolen car, because what I really want to do is get caught in a stolen car or have the opportunity to get caught in a stolen car or have breakfast in a stolen car. I mean, that's almost as idiotic as volunteering to do the deal in the beginning, right? First of all, it's too good to be true. Why would you take that money? They'd probably shoot you when they get there. They could care less, right? They're definitely not going to pay you whatever they told you, for sure, I'm sure. We're so, we're kind we're kind of assuming though that he was a, a rookie. He it sounds to me especially sure. he might have been yeah. doing it. This might be his career. Well, he said that the police well, they don't know. You know, this is all hypothesis, but they did catch this guy. And they did say that this guy was someone who'd never been in trouble, never had a problem. But they drove down the street. They saw him stand on the corner and they said, hey, man, do you want to make, I forget what the amount is, let's say $2,000 for 20 minutes work, right? There's not many times in your life you're going to get offered $2,000 for 20 minutes work. And all you do is they give you the car key. You pick up the car, drive it to the address. They give you the two grand. You're done. Now, the bottom line, Jesse, is you may think, well, the guy must be in jail or, you know, it's Grand Theft Auto and we got to persecute, you know, prosecute them and all. They don't prosecute these guys. There's nothing to prosecute. He doesn't even know the names of the guys that hired him. He doesn't know who was giving him the money. He doesn't have the address where he was supposed to go as a dummy address. They have, root him there and then they bring him into where the real address is. They know nothing. They don't know who the operators are. They don't know what they're doing with the car. So it's worthless for them to go after this guy. They got him on nothing. Right. They got him on joyriding pretty much. Todd, so, let me ask you, let me ask you a question just out of curiosity. Cause I feel like you and I have a lot of stuff in common, you know, just when we talk, I find your story so genius and that really intrigues me because there's something really cool about just geniuses in general. Right. And they don't all have to be like Einstein to be a genius in my opinion. 
is there something interesting about the geniusness of this theft ring to you? Like, is don't you find it fascinating? Because I do. Oh my God. That is fascinating. I thought they just, like, saw the car and said, oh, my God, that'd be great. We need one of those. We need a Blue Range Rover. Let's get it. Yeah. This, not what, this was planned over the summer. So it's planned over months. And they know Jesse has a Range Rover. It's the Range Rover we want. It's the color we want. It's the style, year. And then they have these electronic things to get into them. They make a map because they found the maps. He did tell me that. They make a map of where all the Range Rovers that they're going to get that day. And then they systematically, over the course of a few nights, they pick up these guys that are unwearing. I suppose they give them their money. Maybe they kill them. Who knows? I'm sure they'd have to probably pay them. They bring them out. They drive the car 20 minutes. They give them a grand and they're done. They're in a container. Like you might think they'd break it down for parts or maybe they keep one. They're in a container and on a ship within hours, he said. They put it in the container as soon as they get it. They put four in a container or something like that. They bring it down to the dock in two containers at a time and they put them on the ship and they'll never see them again. They're overseas like that. Amazing. So last week you taught us how to cut in line in style, how to get vacations even when places are sold out. Yep. You, all, you, also taught, you also taught my serial killers in the audience where exactly to go in Migas, Maine, to where they don't even have to worry about locked doors or nothing, and none of the cell phones work, which is just a great place for murderers to go. What a so, place. And, then, and now you're teaching us how to steal cars. You're, 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 you're such a teacher, Todd. Todd uh, well, I think, you know, Todd means it, teacher it, in Hebrew. In the scale of what these guys do, imagine they're getting – 10 cars a night. And these are, some of these are hundred thousand dollar cars and they're getting like, you know, two weeks. I think they sold like 30 or 50 Range Rover. I mean, that's a lot. You're talking about box. Forget about the container costs, the shipping costs are next to nothing. When they get to the other end of the port, there's no, you can't go after them. There's no like FBI agent at the other end. You're totally legal and free in whatever country you're in. They don't care about the VIN number and you sell it and you're, it's pure profit. Todd, I know this sounds horrible, but shouldn't we kind of reward genius? I mean, when, when you have a plan that is so genius, isn't there a piece of you? Because there's a piece of me that says, don't send these guys to jail. Let's make well, a movie about them. Let's celebrate their genius. You couldn't do it today because if you tried this with a Tesla, they'd stop it or they'd trace it or they wouldn't update. They'd know instantly electronically and from the cloud where that car is, why it's driving, who stole it. There's no way to steal. It's getting harder and harder. I think to uh, be in that business of stealing things like high-end Range Rovers and things like that, just impossible. It can't be done. These are, these are stories that our kids will be like, well, why didn't they turn it off? Well, what do you mean you owned a car? They weren't all autonomous and people didn't just share whatever car they wanted. They got a sports car if they needed that or a van if they wanted that. You actually owned a car and paid insurance on it for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny because they do talk about half the kids nowadays have no intention of ever wanting to own their own car. When you and I were kids, we couldn't wait till we turned 16. The driver's license was freedom. Everybody wanted to own a car. I think, I, I think but now, yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I was behind a Waymo car uh, last week when I went to my doctor's appointment and a Waymo car is self-autonomous or whatever you want to call it. It drives itself. It's autonomous. But yeah. There is a person always, right? Yeah. And they, they have a person there just in case, because I don't know if you heard, Todd, but, a, but about a year and a half, two years ago, somebody, somebody ran in front of a Waymo car. In my and, state, and, right? In my state. But apparently they did it on purpose. Did they kill uh, him? It killed him, yeah. Oh, shoot. 
Yeah, but they did it on purpose, apparently. I don't know how you can figure a guy Why did it on purpose. Do that? I'm not exactly sure. Maybe, maybe um, you know, sometimes people want to stop the future from happening, but it was at night, so I don't know, you know. Did you ever see the movie Groundhog's Day with uh, Bill Murray? Oh, God. One There's of the greatest a, movies ever. Right. So my thinking is maybe that person was stuck in Groundhog's Day and they figured, I'm going to jump in front of this car like Bill Murray and try to kill myself and I'll come back to life tomorrow, you know. I was just going to ask you that, Jesse. So you're, in a, you're a Waymo driver. Okay. Here's the job description. Just like if anything goes wrong, like stop the car from doing whatever it's supposed to He was to reading, Todd. He oh. was reading a book. <laughs> he was reading a book. <laughs> okay. Well, at least he wasn't watching a movie on his phone. But the idea that your your job is to be there just in case and you're reading a book and someone dies, it's like, oh, my God. That's almost akin to leaving your cars and the key, your keys in the car. But Wemo is like Uber or Lyft. You call it and it comes get and it comes and gets you. That's the idea. I'm not exactly sure because I'm one of these guys. I've never really used Uber or Lyft. Oh, my God. But, Uber's but, the greatest. But Waymo, Waymo is basically a shuttle service of some sort. So I'm guessing that you're 100% correct. On well, that. I mean, Jesse, if you're drinking, if I have a drink, even a drink and a half, I'm not a big drinker anyway. But if I have a drink or drink and a half, I'm absolutely Ubering because it's cheap, it's easy, and there's no way for me to get a DUI. There's no excuse for a DUI, Right. But what's even better than that is, let's say it's 11 o'clock at night. My daughter, I have a 14, a 16, a 20-year-old, and they say, hey, you know, come get me at my friend's house, or I really want to go to the mall, or whatever their thing is. I can say, yeah, I'll go get you. Or I can say, I'm going to send you an Uber, or you get an Uber, and I can trace where they're going in the Uber, and I can see who the driver is, and we can see what's going on when they're in the car. So it's really, it's a convenient thing as well. I've shuttled employees. Uh, to appointments when their car is broken down with Uber. I shuttled clients that were unable to drive for various reasons to appointments when they needed them by Uber all over the country. It's really a cool tool. Hey, speaking of really cool, Todd, you know, I think you and your stories are, are very cool. Can you come back in the future and tell us maybe a story about the Mossad agent's phone? Because yep. I think that was great. We're, we've come to the end of our show, so I just want to, I want to hear you say it here in front of the audience. Can we count on you to come I back again? Wait. Do you have I more stories wait. to share? I can't wait. So uh, everybody, come tune in again next week. Uh, we might have Todd, but either way, we'll have somebody that'll share a good story. But Todd, I would hate to have to come in and tell a story after you. You are a world-class <laughs> storyteller. You guys all have a great week. Say goodbye, Todd. Hey, guys, have a wonderful day, and thanks for tuning in. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Jesse Jameson and Friends. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Be sure to tune in again next week for another great story. Jesse Jameson and Friends is heard every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Jesse Jameson and Friends is a proud presentation of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. All rights reserved.